art, politics and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn and I'll be with you for the next 30 minutes. Thanks to All the Best for another great episode. And if you want to listen back to more fantastic radio documentaries by All the Best, head to FBI Radio forward slash All the Best. Um, in today's show, we're talking about reproductive rights because we are about T minus six, five and a half, six hours from a Trump presidency, which has huge implications for reproductive rights for people living in America, but also for people around the world. In about 15 minutes, I'll be chatting to Bethany Sheehan and Tegan Nichols from My Body, My Right. They're an organisation challenging current New South Wales abortion laws. Uh, you might remember that last week we spoke to some of the organisers of the Women's March on Sydney, which kicks off in about 25 minutes. And I'd really like to hear from you if you're heading over to the march. Let us know how it's looking on 0409 945 945. And for people who might not have the physical ability or stamina to join today's protest, disability activists have created this amazing thing called Disability March, an online movement that allows people with disabilities and chronic illnesses to participate virtually in the event. So I'll pop a link up on our show page once we're done. But it's, I think it's really great that um, this movement is thinking about inclusivity in a really meaningful way. And someone was telling me yesterday that this is expected to be the largest gathering of people with disabilities in US history. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And if you happen to be in Washington for the Women's March, Slater Kinney will be playing the official after party and all the proceeds will be going to Planned Parenthood. You can catch this next track on Catalogue Magazine's recently released playlist from Bikini Kill to Beyonce, 25 empowering anthems to get you fired up for 2017. Uh, so I'll also pop a link up to that playlist after the show. But for now, this is Slater Kinney with Entertain.
was Slater Kinney with Entertain. So I'm just going to talk to you about today's march. So the event is the Sister March of the March on Washington. And if you haven't heard about the protest, it's coinciding with Trump's inauguration. And so it's to demonstrate solidarity for the protection of women's rights, safety and health. And I think it's like the reason that people have been kind of rallying around this and it has become such a huge movement is because they have a really cohesive platform. Um, I think when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, is this going to be like Occupy? Like it's going to be kind of trying to do everything and maybe not doing as much as it wanted to. Um, So this is their mission statement to give you a bit of an idea. The rhetoric of the past election cycle has insulated, demonised and threatened many of us, immigrants of all statuses, Muslims and those of diverse religious faiths, people who identify as LGBTQIA, native people, black and brown people, people with disabilities, survivors of sexual assault and our communities are hurting and scared. We are confronted with the question of how to move forward in the face of national and international concern and fear. So last week we spoke to Abitonye and Kate, two of the organisers of Women's March on Sydney, and discussed the importance of sister marches and partnering organisations. Among a huge list of partner organisations for the Women's March on Washington is Planned Parenthood, who've recently come under threat um, facing the Trump presidency. Trump articulated his pro-life views in an interview last year, stating, you have to ban abortions, and there has to be some form of punishment for women who would obtain abortions in defiance of the law. So this kind of language is like super vague, it's really lazy and it's, and it's violent. Um, and so I think understandably a lot of people were like really freaked out by the kind of language that he's using and what he's alluding to. So following Trump's win, many folks took to social media to advise women to get intrauterine devices or IUDs, you might know them as, which would outlast a conservative presidency. In the hours after the election, Google searches for IUDs spiked exponentially. And in the first week after the election, Planned Parenthood saw a 900% increase in patients seeking IUDs. So it's having real impacts on women and people who, um, who are terrified about their reproductive freedoms under his presidency. On January 5th, House Speaker Paul Ryan formally announced that the Republicans would strip federal funding for Planned Parenthood in a budget bill that would also repeal the Affordable Care Act. Republicans want to try again to pass legislation banning most abortions up to 20 weeks, which Trump has also promised to sign and to target senators up for re-election in 2018 if they stray away from their previous anti-abortion commitments. So, yeah, it's pretty terrifying and it's also very vague. So obviously this is a very complex issue and people have really valid um, and real concerns. But I think what's really worrying is that, particularly in America, the conversation about access and funding to services like Planned Parenthood have been reduced to scare rhetoric and sound bites. The kind of language that he's using is just like really violent and, and terrifying for people that are going to be affected by it. So defunding to Planned Parenthood and outlawing abortion not only means a significant impact on the ability to provide healthcare services, particularly for low-income people, but it also means a huge cut to services from cervical cancer screenings to STI testing. Uh, And my co-presenter, Katie Winton, is actually in Hawaii at the moment, but she did send through this really apt quote from intersectional feminist critic and writer Bell Hooks that I think really articulates well the problem that the realities that these uh, cuts will have. So Bellhook says, sadly, the anti-abortion platform has most viciously targeted state-funded, inexpensive, and when need be, free abortions. As a consequence, women of all races who have class privilege continue to have safe access to abortions, continue to have the right to choose, while materially disadvantaged women continue to suffer. 
masses of poor working class women lose access to abortion when there is no government funding available for reproductive rights and health care. Women with class privilege do not feel threatened when abortions can be had only if one has lots of money because then they can still have them. But masses of women do not have class power. Without the right to safe, inexpensive and free abortions, they lose all control over their bodies. If we return to a world where abortions are only accessible to those people with lots of money, we risk the return of public policy that will aim to make abortions illegal. It's estimated that approximately one million women had illegal abortions annually in the US before the abortion procedure was legalised in 1973, which directly resulted in the deaths of 5,000 women every year. This is the kind of reality that we're looking and coming back to now. So according to a study completed in conjunction with the London School of Economics, making contraception available to all of those with currently unmet needs would significantly decrease carbon emissions. For every $7 spent on basic family planning, more than one tonne of CO2 emissions would be eliminated. There are just like so many positive outcomes for making reproductive freedoms, you know, free. And there's also a classic study which attributes the decrease in gang violence at the end of the 90s to um, the legalisation of abortion. Thank you very much for everyone who's texting in from the, um, from the march, which is going to kick off in about 15 minutes if, you're, um, if you want to stand in solidarity with women and folks in America coming up to the inauguration of Trump. You can head down to Hyde Park where the Women's March on Sydney is kicking off very soon. Up next, we'll be talking to Bethany Sheehan and Tegan Nichols from New South Wales organisation My Body, My Right about where we stand with current New South Wales reproductive rights. But first, this track was released yesterday by Coco Rosie featuring Anahoni, and it's an anti-Trump protest. And they explain that the song is intended to inspire the weary, disappointed hearts of so many crestfallen citizens. This is Smoke Em Out.
Coco Rosie and Anoni with Smoke'em Out. And you're listening to Agenda. I've been talking about reproductive rights activism. And I'm joined now by Bethany Sheehan and Tegan Nichols from New South Wales organisation My Body, My Right, who challenge current New South Wales abortion laws. Uh, so what exactly does My Body, My Right do? Um, so we're a kind of community group, community-led group, and... We're trying to overcome burdens created by current legislation in New South Wales um, that affect people's access to reproductive health care. So um, in lieu of, I guess our little thing is like in lieu of government action, we're trying to do what we can as as people and a community to support each other. Right. Exactly. Oh, excellent. And how long have you been doing that for? Last year, we really grew and it just really took off and um, we got more people on the street where we would do a demonstration in front of a, um, a, a well-known clinic there, just trying to create a human safe zone, um, just filling up space to push out protesters who were anti-choice protesters who would turn up regularly and are very well-known in the area. Um, and we, we started doing that, um, really started doing it with larger groups early last year and then throughout the year we've just kind of grown and trying to find different ways where we can engage with the community and just kind of keep the issue alive and and remove some of the stigma around it just by talking about it. Yeah, Yeah. I think, um, like I kind of think of that anti-choice movement and those kind of like wacky dudes out the front of Mm -hmm. um, clinics as being a really American thing. I didn't realise that in Australia there is Mm. a kind of strong presence. Mm. Surrey Hills is actually... um, we associate the, our group with Surrey Hills, the clinic in Surrey Hills, quite a bit because that's where we sort of started and that's um, where our little community um, backing has really developed as well because something we noticed quite quickly was the Surrey Hills community really getting behind us as well. They really want this thing that's been there for 30 years or 20-odd years to change mm-hmm. and they're sick of seeing 
this group of people out the front kind of creating this really negative space around something that should be supported and people should feel safe in. That's not happening. But actually, on the border of New South Wales and Victoria, there's a, a city called Albury, um, which is part of Albury-Wodonga. So Albury sits on the New South Wales side and Wodonga sits on the Victoria side. And Albury actually has to hire a, a security guard at all operating wow. hours of their clinic um, to keep the anti-choice people at bay. And they're actually run by the same group that operate in Surrey Hills, mm-hmm. Family Life International. So they've got the Surrey Hills contingent and they've got this Albury contingent. And the Albury... My family actually live in Albury and my cousin was telling me about the state of it there and it sounds horrific. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, obviously you go to these clinics for a range of different reasons Mm. and there are a lot of, you know, different services that they provide, but it's, it's not often a nice experience. So on top of that, to have that really negative and to feel so unsafe on top of having to usually not do something particularly pleasant, um, it sounds like that would be horrible. So are you getting like positive responses from people that are, Mm. you know, benefiting from the safety that you guys are providing? We haven't had... Um, huge amounts of contact with people who go into the clinic um, because what we are really aware of is not creating more tension or more hurt um, not invading people's privacy more Mm -hmm. than it already has been and trying to like ultimately we're trying to reinstate that so we would never go to the clinic when there weren't anti-choice protesters there Um, it's only kind of basically when we're there we try and um, counteract it but if there's no one there, the safety and the um, privacy of the space is, is almost intact in a way. Yeah. Right. So um, we we're only really there to we only really try to exist there when when the um, anti-choice is there. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, well, one good thing that has come out of the Trump election is that it has pr- uh, prompted gorillas to release their first song in six years. Um, So I'm going to play that for you now. It's Hallelujah Money featuring Benjamin Clementine. And this is another musician being a little bit weary about the Trump presidency. Our trees that primitively grow, grows. and when we go to bed, scarecrows from the far east come to eat its tender fruits. And I've thought that the best way to protect our trees is by building walls. Most like unicorns in full glory and galore, and even stronger than the walls of Jericho. But glad then, my friend, that in a few we shall reap a brotherly what we always dreamt of having. Now for the starving, it is love that is the root of all evil. But not our tree, and thank you, my friend, for trusting me. Hallelujah. 
Say so, nothing will move. Ah, don't worry. It's not against our morals. It's legally tender. Touch, my friend, what the whole world and whole beasts of nations desire. Power. joined with my body my right so you guys are a pretty new organization what do you kind of look like like how many people are there um we kind of fluctuate mm -hmm. it's just the idea is kind of whoever's available to kind of get together sure come along mm -hmm. um but we're just basically people from we're a real motley crew mm -hmm. of l like different areas and um ex areas of expertise and things like that so we've got designers vegan <laughs> yeah we're it's interesting because um we're mostly a group of creatives like we've got theater makers we've got designers we've got musicians you know so we're not necessarily um none of us have like come some of us have like science and law backgrounds but most of us don't and so i think that's we've kind of come together and had to learn all this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the community responds to that because we're not politicians. We're not a, we're not trying to like push an agenda. We're just people who've, who've risen up and, and gotten together. So um, yeah, so it, it, it's quite interesting, probably different to other like activist groups mm -hmm. um, in, in that kind of regard. But I think we get to use our creative skills in a really interesting way that other groups maybe Maybe, yeah, maybe your website's don't. really cool as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> so is that where people can find more information about My Body, My Right? Yeah, com. And then, Excellent. Yeah. And on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those, all those all usual places. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today and letting us know a little bit more about what you guys are doing. And congratulations for all the work that you have done. You're doing a very great and important service so thank you so much um that's probably about all the time we have we're all gonna head out to the march now yeah. um and to get you in the mood for the march fiona apple yesterday just brought out the most amazing protest song so i'm gonna leave you with that um this is tiny hands by fiona apple mm -hmm. 
Pushing. Yeah. You can do anything. 